discuss what is, in my opinion, the superior election method for representative bodies. We've covered a lot of the other systems up to this point. We've discussed their pros, their cons, and now it's time to look at the one uh, which works best, which best reflects the will of the people, in my opinion. Uh, we'll do some more world travel as we look at MMP. So join us for episode 7 of Escaping Left, Right, and Center. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Taylor. Let's do a quick recap of where we are so far. Last time we looked at some different election methods. Uh, we looked at plurality, majority, and proportional methods. We looked at some of the pros and cons. Uh, got into some good details. You can go back and listen to episode six. But now it's time to talk about the one that is, in my opinion, highly superior. In all the research that I've done and the reading and looking at how other countries do things, this is, in my opinion, the best one that I've come across. Uh, you might disagree, and if you do, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but we're going to dive into this one, and hopefully, if I can explain it uh, properly, you will agree that this is a good way of doing things. But before we get into that, let's take a step back and sort of reset what our primary goals are. So... When we think about an election system, what we're striving for is a system that accurately reflects how the population wants to be governed, right? I think there's a lot of angst and animosity at the way our current system works and the deadlock of the two parties and how it seems as though nothing gets done and neither party seems like a good option and there's not much hope for uh, working together or making progress on certain things. So a better system would be one that reflects more accurately what the average person would actually like to see. A second thing is uh, a good system will reflect the needs of specific communities. So there will be a geographic tie to the folks who are in government, to the folks who are actually living in the districts. And then thirdly, if we can find a system that eliminates as much of the bad of our current system as possible, I would call that a step in the right direction. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the bad parts of first past the post, our current system. Things like gerrymandering, minority rule, the two-party problem, etc. So if we could find a system that gets rid of as much of that as possible, that's another step in the right direction. So we know about how all those... Other systems fail. Some of them are worse than others. Some of them have good bits that we like and bad bits that we don't like. I think at a surface level, the proportional systems just seem to make the most sense. So one thing we also talked about last time was the idea of a mixed system that uses strategies from more than one, which makes sense, right? If you've got a piece that works over here, but not here, but then you have another system where this works well and that doesn't. I think it just makes sense that you pick and choose what you like and slap them together. And that's what we have with mixed member proportional. So this is a combination of first past the post and list party rank, which we talked about last time. Briefly, we'll just touch on the history of it. This system was first used uh, in Germany during the 40s after World War II. So 
once the uh, no-no Germans had been kicked out of power and there was this reforming of Germany, they got to sort of design it from the ground up, from scratch. And so rather than go back to uh, systems that had demonstrated certain flaws in the past, they decided to come up with a new strategy, and the one that they decided on we now know as Mixed Member Proportional, or MMP. They still use it. Uh, it works very well. And before we go any farther, I should specify that this system is specific for um, the lower house style representative body. So think the House of Commons in England or the House of Representatives in the U.S. or even a state House of Representatives, something like that. So this isn't necessarily something you'd use to choose a president or the Senate. I think the Senate elections work fairly well the way they are now. But this would be something that I would be in favor of implementing in the House of Representatives. Just something to note. This system is currently in use in a handful of other countries. Um, South Korea, New Zealand, Bolivia, a few other small ones. A few others have tried it and for whatever reason have not stuck with it. Um, but it is currently active in a handful of countries. So now let's talk about how it works. Imagine you had a state, and that state was divided up into 50 districts, right? In Massachusetts, I think there are 160 seats, but we're, the math is going to get confusing, so we're just going to pretend that there are 50. So at this point, we're all pretty familiar with how it goes. On election day, you walk in and you see the list of candidates for your district, right? And there's typically a Republican, a Democrat, maybe a Libertarian, an Independent, yada, yada, yada. You cast your vote, and whoever gets the most votes wins. We know this is first past the post, has a bunch of problems. But now, imagine you have that, but now you get a second vote. And with that second vote, you cast for whichever political party best represents you. So you'd cast one vote for the person you'd like to re represent your district, and then the second vote is for which party most aligns with your convictions. The votes are then tallied using the district vote first, and they see how the district shakes out, and they award seats right? There are 50 districts. They award 50 seats based on who wins the districts. But now, instead of it stopping at 50, we're going to add a second 50 seats for a total of 100. So the first 50 seats get doled out first past the post style by whoever wins the districts. But now this second batch of seats gets awarded based on the percentage of votes cast for parties. So say 45% of the second vote went to the Democrats, 40% went to the Republicans, 5% went to the Libertarians, so on and so forth. They would take the results of the district, they would award those, and that would equal out to a certain percentage and as we looked at in First Past the Post, that could mean that, let's say, all the Democrats win their districts. So 100% of those first 50 are Democrats. 
that's not going to accurately represent the proportions of the popular party vote. So then they're going to award the other seats in such a way that the final distribution represents as close as possible the party votes. So in each district, you still have a representative tied geographically to their district. But now you also have a way for the folks whose candidate didn't win to still be represented in government. So in this example, if you think about it, if the Libertarians won 3% of the party vote, they'd wind up getting three seats. If the Green Party won 1% of the party vote, they'd get one seat. If the Birthday Party won 7%, they'd get seven seats, so on and so forth. But each of the districts would still have someone specific to that region or that community to advocate for them as well. So this sort of gives us the best of both worlds where you get the person close to home, but also mixes up the parties. There's a great YouTube video about this. I've referenced this channel in the past, but if you go and look up CGP Gray on YouTube, he's got a video called Mixed Member Proportional Representation Explained. And he does a lovely job. He uses some animals and some good illustrations. And it, uh, it's a very nice, clear explanation. So what this does is that it eliminates the two-party problem, because even though you might strategically use that vote in the district race, you can vote however your conscience dictates in the party race. This will essentially kill gerrymandering and wasted votes, because it basically frees people from having to be super stingy and pragmatic with their one vote, and gives them two votes that they can then spread around however they feel. It eliminates the two-party problem because now all that is needed for a smaller party to get a seat in government is to win the percentage equivalent of one seat. So you might not have won any districts at all, but as long as you cleared that threshold to be awarded one seat, you will have representation. So you might be asking, well, how do they award that second batch of 50? Like... Once you vote for a party, how do they do that? And so the way that that would happen, it can vary. But prior to the elections, each of the parties would come up with a list um, based on however their own internal metrics would figure it out. That could be, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. But they basically make a list and uh, whoever's first on that list, whenever the first seed is awarded, they get that so on and so forth. So let's say the Libertarians are awarded a grand total of three seats. The top three people on the Libertarian list would get a seat, and everyone numbers four through whatever do not. Uh, one typical limitation is that if you run for a district seat, you're not allowed to be on that party list. So if you lose your district race, tough toenails, you'll have to try again. But that's typically how the, uh, the other seats are awarded. There are a couple cons of this system. The biggest one is that it makes political parties a legal entity, right? It sort of codifies them into the election method, which, as much as we perhaps wouldn't believe it, the Democratic and Republican parties are not sort of legally recognized groups. They're basically informal citizen groups. 
so this would require that political parties register themselves and have known bylaws and submit to sort of fair play regulations to a certain degree, which obviously there are pros and cons to that. It would give those parties a decent amount of power internally, because if you are not... Um, you're not playing by the rules it's going to be you know the the club rules it's going to be hard to get up on top of that list for when they go to distribute the the proportional seats and it can also allow for quote-unquote undesirable parties to have slightly easier access to government i was reading about how there were several versions of fascist parties in the united states in the 30s and 40s and just thinking about if they had had easier access into the different uh, branches of government. But for this one, one of the simple ways you can address that is by setting thresholds where, uh, you know, you have to win X percentage to be awarded three seats or more, something like that. Basically doing the math to ensure that there's a lower likelihood of those types of parties winning. And again, if that's something being done by the collective, it's less of a uh, punitive regulation. Uh, but that's just one method people use to get around that. <clears throat> so that's MMP in a nutshell. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Let me know. I am in the process of spinning up a website, which will hopefully allow us to uh, communicate a little bit easier. I know I haven't publicized any sort of official contact information yet, so... That'll be an update coming soon. Also hoping to get the YouTube side of this up and running at some point very soon. We'll see how that goes. But that's all for today. So as always, thank you for listening. Please don't forget to share, like, subscribe, rate, all that fun stuff. Appreciate it very much. Next week, we're going to talk about centrism, if it exists, and if it actually works or not. So that'll be interesting. Until then, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.